number 110 of the five pin podcast uh five pin universe podcast sorry welcome same thing <laughs> like, like, I mean, I mean we're, we're the only podcast left. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> very true, very true. <laughs> uh, we got a pretty special guest on today. Uh, finally, uh, we get somebody that's involved in the industry um, going to be a part of this podcast. And uh, I'm not sure about you guys, how you're going to give him the third degree, but uh, I'm going to ask a few important questions and I hope he uh, has some good retorts for me. <laughs> I, I've, I have not seen Tim this excited about a podcast in forever, and Tim doesn't do anything. He has one set of bowling balls, he doesn't change them, he does nothing, and he is super excited about this. And uh, just talking with uh, talking with him ahead of time, I think this is going to be a really great show, and I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, yeah. for sure. So uh, let's do a little bit of topic about this. Uh, so obviously people kind of know who our guest is. It's going to be Epco, one of the EPCO uh, uh, members. Guess, yeah, family member. I don't know. Is he a CFO or a CEO? He, he's, or... he's vice president. Vice, vice president. president. Oh, perfect. Yeah. Um, what's your favorite Epco bowling ball? Mine. I'll go first. Mine's the Star Line. It's you stole my thunder. I had to. <laughs> I knew what your answer was. <laughs> Clearly, Star Line's my favorite. Uh, I live and die my Olympics. I tell you, since ninety ninety six. It's it's nice to hear you finally using the right term too, because you kept calling the Olympias forever. I'm like they're Olympics, and you get mad they're they're Olympics. Yeah, <laughs> it's nice. it was nice. Um, I you know star lines for me for sure, but then I don't know the the old cyclones have really creeped up for me. So I, yeah, one of those two. Yeah, I think it'll be kind of interesting to see w- how those came to be and kind of the the background to them since we only use personal personalized bowling balls since 1990 in our small yeah. ball bowling. So, um, I know it's been around a lot more in duck pin for a lot longer. So yeah. and kennel pin. Yeah. It's in mm-hmm. 1960 or 1952 or even before that. Right. So, yeah. um, crazy. I'm super excited to have Richard on like, uh, uh, he has a lot of wealth of knowledge and just in general. So it's, uh, yeah. it's honestly, I haven't been excited about this to have a guest on like this in a long time. So and Tim honest. just gave away the guest name, just uh, jumped ahead. All it's all good, yeah. Let, let um, the host give it away? No, no. But, but let, 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 let's talk a little bit about what's going on a little bit around town. I mean, we have our five-pin universe uh, eight-game uh, tournament we're going to be starting up here. We're finally doing the playoffs. Uh, Daryl's not here, but he still wants to talk about himself. So Daryl <laughs> has, has his first match against Holdsworth. Um, so that'd be on Monday. So... That's the first one of a couple coming up to start. So um, we're going to have some live streaming for you guys coming up soon and some commentary. No, we're, but, we're not doing them live anymore, right? We're recording and then we're going to do we'll, – we'll air them and then we'll do commentary. Yeah, yeah. When so we'll, we'll them, do so. post-commentary on the recorded matches. So we'll yeah. know who the winner is and stuff like that. But, um, yeah, it's all going to be recorded ahead of time just due to scheduling conflicts with COVID and – centers and all that all that stuff a lot of logistical stuff going on yeah and then uh so that'll be that that's coming up starting monday so we're time time flies right getting to the nitty-gritty finally yeah it just took us a year what are you guys (laughs) gonna be uh be posting those is it gonna be like immediate or is it just gonna throw them in waves yeah i think we're gonna try and do like a show and show two matches live streamed or whatever and then 
wait a few days and then maybe do another one, whatever time, whatever time we have available to do it, I guess, because everybody has jobs and stuff going on. So we'll have to figure out we might be skipping a few podcast Wednesdays. Maybe we'll do a, a live stream match that night or something like that. Yeah, and if we start doing that, we could do we could even do three on a podcast night or something like that. That's a solid hour and a half. Yeah, would, true about, enough. About there, so yeah, yeah. that'll be awesome. Uh, what else do we have? Uh, we also aired a video. Um, Edmonton five pin in Ontario five pin released a Let's Go Bowling video. Uh, five pin Universe helped develop this with Road Fifty Five, a production company out here in Edmonton. Um, very excited that we got this video out there. It's one of six we're going to be trying to doing. Um, I don't know if Carrie has the link up here, ready to go. <laughs> you just hear the clicky click click in the background. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, if you give me a few minutes, I might be able to get it downloaded yeah. here. <laughs> uh, one, I guess one of the big things we wanted to do was develop something. We don't have a lot of uh, media for 5-pin bowling at all. Um, so we wanted to create something that was able to be used every year and for the centers to be able to use it on social media or whatever they want. Uh, we're fortunate out at our center in, in Sherwood Park that we can have it on our video monitors and screens. So, um, <laughs> and it, it is just kind of, it is just kind of blast things out there. I think it's really great, but uh, it looks like somebody's listening to it. Yeah. You, you caught, caught me off guard here, Tim. We're trying to get, <laughs> I think Dexter already has it queued up. Oh, did you guys hear that? Yeah. Oh, that's weird. <laughs> All right, well, here we go. Hold on. <laughs> uh, we'll go here, and I'll go share audio. And are we, should I just should I just leave it right on the shot here? Just, just no. no. How about you? Back back no, no, that's that's. I feel like no. That's just that's as far as it goes. No, we're gonna stay right there. Perfect. <laughs> One hundred percent. I think my my favorite part of that I think is definitely Brayden. Yes, our, our special low bowler. That's just like it's he's the life of the party, and like yeah. that is exactly Brayden through and through. So it's absolutely awesome to see that. Yeah, no, it was a fun day. Um, uh, the drone they had it was pretty cool. They they flew it across. I didn't know our foul lines were so uh, so dusty that they blew them all out, <laughs> and then and then they ran into a pin. So, but it. it was, it, it was uh, way better than I ever expected, and uh, the production company was really good to have around, and really, uh, really, I loved that how everybody came out and uh, had a great time. It felt normal, to be honest with you. Um, so what I would suggest is if you guys can go either to the, the Facebook page, uh, Let's Go Bowling, and share it from there, or go to Ontario 5 or Edmonton 5 and share that video. Um, and support your local centers, regardless whether you're in Ontario or Edmonton. We want to support your local centers. Um, 
everybody's kind of opening up from COVID break, and we just want you guys to get back and do that. So it's like I said, one of six of our videos we're coming out with. So it would be a lot of fun. Yeah. Definitely a great video. Well done, boys. Yeah. Awesome. That's, all that's right. probably so, the most we're going to hear Tim talk all night. Yeah, <laughs> land the plane, Tim. You land the plane. That was good. <laughs> That was excellent, John. <laughs> well done. All right. So we might as well pay some bills. Um, so first off, you can become a patron and support us directly through our patreon.com slash 5 for as little $2 per month Canadian. Or I think you can even do $2 per month uh, American if you want still. Uh, <laughs> just a little reference to our guest today. But uh, yeah, thank you very much for supporting us. And uh, you guys are pretty much the main reason why we can do this every week and bring you content during the whole pandemic. All right. And then lastly, our weekly sponsor, All-Star Bowling Sales, will run their quick commercial and then we'll bring in our special guest. All right. And once again, you can answer that weekly draw. Hashtag All-Star Draw this week. Oh, I got it right. Finally. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So without further ado... Um, from Epco directly, we have uh, Mr. Richard Perella. Hello, Richard. Good evening, uh, gentlemen. Uh, I appreciate that uh, very nice introduction that I heard you give me before. Uh, <laughs> even though I'm only the vice president, you know. And my twin brother happens to be the president of something. I'm not sure which, but then... <laughs> I, I know what it's like to have brothers and needs to be presidents of everything. <laughs> <laughs> hey, before we get started, could I ask you a question? Of course. How did Five Pin Universe get started? Uh, no, that's a great question. So, oh, I wish I knew the dates. Back, I would say 2015, there was no ranking system for um, competitive bowlers in Western Canada. And there was a young man called Adam Martin who had devised a way to rank bowlers. And then I started Five Pin Universe in a way to post that for everybody to see. And then it kind of grew from there doing blogs. We did... Um, uh, profiles of bowlers and stuff like that and then it kind of developed from there upkeeping profiles for every competitive bowler in western Canada was a, a feat beyond me so we moved in transition to podcasting and doing media development and stuff like that fantastic I think that's great I think it's things something is that the industry has needed for a while that's great yeah, it's kind of weird where it started and kind of where it's ending up. I think it's it's grown leaps and bounds. And obviously by getting 110 podcasts in from something that literally I asked these three other guys to start the first one with me and like it's just going to be a half hour of who knows what and we don't know if it's going to work. And now they're two, three hours long of meaningful content. So I remember that. We, we were people like the first, I think the first one went like 45 minutes or an hour or something. And then people were messaging us being like, ah, you should probably make it like half an hour, half an hour. It's like, and then, and then that went right out the window. <laughs> yeah. I think it's great. I think it's great. Um, well, thank you. 
That's yeah. fair, Brett. Yeah. <laughs> meaningful, yeah, my bad, Brett. Why not meaningful? Most of the time, we just have people tune in just to troll us. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I know. It works. I, and I'm a little leery of you guys trolling me, but that's okay. Honestly, uh, no. our guests are probably the safest people yeah. on here. Sure. <laughs> yeah, but I know it. Just from what I've seen in a few minutes, I think that's temporary. <laughs> no, it's no, a possibility. We, uh, um, me and Dexter are kind of very into. Um, the technical side of five pin bowling and the small bowling balls and stuff like that. So um, we definitely have questions for you on the technical side where the other two gentlemen are uh, pretty much just pick one ball, throw it well, and they've picked good yeah. bowling balls made by your company. So uh, well, they've done very nice well with hear. what they've done. <laughs> Thank you. It's nice to hear. Listen, whatever, you know, I can be, as some people say, a, a wealth of useless information. Um but feel free to ask me whatever you can, and I hopefully will be able to answer it in the right way anyway. And uh, I don't know where you wanted to start with this. Tim and I had a great conversation the yeah. other day. And so, And I sent him some photos and things of different things about, uh, about EPCO and Paramount, our sister company, about right. this. So however you want to get this started is fine with me. Yeah, I think we, we kind of want to get started. How did... Uh... E. Perella Company Incorporate kind of start, and who uh, we obviously know from the information you gave us, it was started by your father. Yes, yes. You know, it's uh, I. I'm very proud of the story that I tell, and I tell it as the the true American dream. Um, and, and if I'm, by the way, if I'm going on uh, too much, just tell me. Yeah, um, no, no worries. I'll cut you off if I have to. All right, good, good. Um, no, you know, ironically, my father was born in the United States, and when he was two months old, the family moved back to Italy. And my grandfather was a captain in the Italian army in World War One, and after World War One, saw what was happening in Europe, and sent my father and his brother to America with no family. And. Wow. They didn't understand. It took them a lot of years to understand that their parents did them a favor. My father was 14 years and 10 months old. And he actually forged his brother's name, who was a year older, to start work in a rubber factory. And, uh, and then as he grew, he went to school. He had only had a third grade education in Italy. but he And he lived on a, on a hill on a stone house, in a stone house, no heat, no electricity, no running water. And uh, he progressed on to, you know, doing what he did and becoming what he what he uh, finally became. But, you know, education, family, and work ethics were the top of his priority list. And, you know, he was in the rubber industry his whole life. He went on to school uh, for chemistry and rubber in particular. And uh, during the war, he was in charge of a, a factory that made materials for life jackets, life ships, airships and whatever. And that's why he wasn't drafted into the army uh, because he was in charge of that production. Well, after the war, he started working for Ebonite Corporation. Ebonite was one of the uh, pioneers in, in uh, bowling. And um, one of the products they made, well, they, it actually the product Ebonite was developed by them. And, um, and they were one of the, the, the big three in bowling. And um, can you hear me okay? I thought it may have gotten. Yeah. 
No, okay, perfect. perfect. Yeah. Um, and he, one of the products they made was uh, rubber rolls, and rubber rolls, anything from typewriter rolls up to huge embossing rolls. Well, my father developed the formula in 1948 to salvage the rubber rolls without turning them down. And by today's standards, well, it's simple today, but in 1948, it was unheard of. And my father was an old company man. When he worked for you, he worked for you. But sadly, that taught him a lesson because he wound up getting a check for $10 in 1948 for that formula that Ebonite did $180,000 worth of business on. But at the same time, the, the automatic pin setting machines were being developed. And Bowmore Corporation developed the first sm small ball candle pin bowling machine. I don't know if you ever heard of Bowmore, but mm -hmm. Bowmore was located in Littleton, Massachusetts. And they developed the first candle pin and then duck pin um, pin setters. And the best thing that ever happened to bowling, but the worst thing that ever happened to bowling balls. And they were chipped and nicked and scored just like the rubber rolls were. So my father developed a formula to salvage the bowling balls without turning them down, matching the density, the color, the texture, the whole thing. Again, by today's technology, it's it sounds simple, but in 1951 and 52, it was unheard of. Well, he wanted to be a, a salesman for bowling balls because refinishing and refurbishing bowling balls was seasonal. Well, no one was going to give him a bowling ball to sell the the National Manhattan Rubber Distributor was located in Watertown, Mass., where we used to live. Ebonite was in Newton, Massachusetts, right up the street, and of course there was Brunswick. And no one was going to give my father a bowling ball to sell because he hurt their business. Well, my father said, I'm going to develop my own. And he said, never do what the other fellow does because you have to compete with him. Do what he doesn't do, and he's got to compete with you. My father spent seven years developing the Paramount bowling ball, both the, the, the compositions and then the processing of the, of the raw materials. And in 1960, he started manufacturing Paramount bowling ball. And that has always been that mainstay. You know, and if you look at the meaning, as I mentioned in, in my history uh, description, you know, it means the pinnacle. And that's how that name was was uh, developed and we've always tried to maintain that. But from there, uh, he was he was actually the first one in the world to really add color to bowling ball. The, the question that someone was gonna, brought, that brought up was gonna ask was, you know, when did they start selling bowling balls on the retail level? Well, you know, back in the early 50s, um, bowling balls were black and they were brown and then they were black and brown. <laughs> and, and, and maybe they added a couple other colors here and there. Um, in 1960, my father made, started making true color. Um, and with the, the automatic pin setting machine and the development of small ball bowling, um, people started to, uh, wanted to, let me, I shouldn't say started, they wanted to buy their own products, but there, were not, there was nothing out there for that to be attractive for them to do it. When color was initiated, you know, that's why Henry Ford stopped making just black automobiles, okay? People wanted something different. And um, so they started buying their own product in the retail level, but when colors came out, it really started to mushroom and grow. Um, 
And, you know, from there, uh, we are now, bowling has, has been the basis of, of Epcot, Eperola Company Incorporated. It was the basis of, and that's what our lives were wrapped around. My, I have two other brothers uh, in the business. We were all brought up. When I tell you brought up, I mean from the ages of 60 years old on up uh, in, in bowling, in small ball bowling. Um, my brother Bob is vice president of, uh, excuse me, is president of Paramount Industries. Paramount Industries is EPCO's own distributor here in the United States. Uh, it's a separate legal corporation. Uh, but they have full line bowling supply and they handle everything in the United States. Um, EPCO deals primarily through bowling distributors only. Um, we have the benefit of being both a, a manufacturer, a distributor, and uh, from eight years ago, my brother now owns a 36-lane Candlepin Center. Okay. So all these years of being those three things, we understand how bowling centers and bowlers need, want, and should be treated. Um, as I said to Tim yesterday, when we were, I mean Monday when we were talking, I think it's important when someone asks us a question that we give them the, the correct answer. Because, first of all, credibility and reliability is, is, is crucial. But more importantly, we want you, to, the proprietor, to succeed because if you don't succeed, we're going to be out of business before you do because you're going to stop buying before we do. Uh, so we've always tried to maintain that philosophy. And my father's attitude was, as, as part of our, you'll see in our brochures, quality, precision, and style. And he said, never let that go because people are going to remember you, whether it's your credit as an individual, financial, uh, whatever, your reputation is the most important thing you can have. Now, ironically, today, we manufacture other products other than bowling. I don't know if you had a chance to look at our website, but yeah. uh, we manufacture industrial balls. Um, matter of fact, Kerry, you're the techie, they said. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, you're familiar with tra the mouse. Well, yeah. are you familiar with the trackball? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Uh, we probably made it. Oh, wow. We started, we started with a Atari back in 1976. Oh, wow. Um, wow. But, but the trackball started in military. And in 1965, as a small family-owned company, we didn't even realize our own capabilities. And Raytheon Corporation, which is headquartered in Massachusetts, was working on a, on a product that required a, tra uh, a ball. And it turned out to be the trackball. That, that was the, the initial uh, precursor to the trackballs for use in air traffic control systems. And <laughs> my father worked with Raytheon developing a ball. And, you know, you have to understand the precision of both homogeneous material, the finish, the, the precision of the diameters and dimensions and all that, and as well as heat distortion, temperature, and things of that nature. Um, but that was the precursor to us entering into the industrial ball market. Uh, so all the track balls you would see, whether it be the video games, uh, like I said, starting with Atari, and then uh, you've seen all, well, 
all the video games you see, even in the bowling center, the white balls and the different colors and whatever. Um, <laughs> we we probably made, if not all of them, we made most of them, and we still do. Um, we deal with military and consumer uh, applications also. But we make industrial balls for unlimited applications. It really, it's like it's like the, the lever, you know, in how you just can't describe how many areas you can go into. Um, and we started to diversify in that. And what happened was um, my brother, John, who was the president of uh, EPCO, um, graduated from Wentworth Institute of Technology in Boston, mechanical engineering. Um, John doesn't do paperwork, but do not go near his machinery or equipment because he'll chop your hands off. <laughs> and, and if you can't read it with a micrometer or some type of an indicator, he really doesn't want to talk to you about it. Okay. Um, and then my brother Bob and I both went to college uh, with the intent of becoming attorneys. And we, we each got our first degrees in economics. Um, Bob went on to Northeastern University for computer science and information. And I ironically um, went on to study uh, chemistry, plastics, technology, and rubber. Um, I laugh because my father, I was brought up in an old ethnic Italian family. He didn't ask you what you wanted to be in that generation. He pretty much told you what you were going to be. <laughs> and. Uh, he wanted me to be a chemist, and I swear I hated chemistry. Well, unbeknownst to me, with a little bit of collusion from one of our, my father's close friends, Bender, and uh, who was a chemist, used to allow me to shadow him occasionally. Sponsored me through the New England Society of Chemical Engineers through Northeastern University, and that's where I went. I don't have a degree in it. I wish I did have a degree in it, but I certainly don't regret my degree in economics mm -hmm. also. But that led us, uh, the diversity is, as I, I think I'm laying out here, my brother Bob is uh, really the salesperson for uh, uh, Paramount Industries. As I said, they're full-line bowling distribution, and they do promotional awards and whatever. Um, Bob is the, I was saying to Tim the other day, he's a combination of Felix Unger and Rodney Dangerfield. You know? um, <laughs> he, he can drive you absolutely crazy. But, uh, but but he's, he's right. Um, he, they won't hold a meeting. Uh, he's, we're members of, you know, every state organization, regional, whatever. But Bob has been on the, is on the International Cantlebin Bowling Association, the National Duckman Bowling Association, every state committee. He's such a pain that, he, you know, he has to tell jokes all the time. I wish he'd get a job sometime because... <laughs> It would help out, but um, <laughs> they actually, don't, even though we're not voting members, they don't hold meetings unless Bob is there. But he has such a dynamic personality. Um, there are three sports that were developed here in New England. Do you know what they are by any chance? Not a clue, unfortunately. No. Well, uh, one of them was basketball. Now, I know you're going to say it was done by a Canadian, Mason, <laughs> but he had to come to the U.S. to do it. Right. Okay. Um, the other one was volleyball at Bowdoin College in Maine. And then the third one was Candleton Bowling that was developed in Worcester, Massachusetts in 1881. Um, I sent Tim a couple more uh, pictures today of 
of some a little bit of the museum that Bob has at Paramount on some of the wooden pins and the mm -hmm. first one he has. The, we actually have the first pin that was ever used in candle pin bowling, as well as the bowling balls. Oh, um, wow. And but Bob is uh, he? Oh, he Bob brought uh, candle pin bowling uh, into the into the New England Sports Museum, along with the Red Sox, the Patriots, and the, everybody else. He brought uh, in candle pin bowling, uh, which is a great display to have. It's, it's just too yeah. bad it has to be next to the Patriots. <laughs> <laughs> the world hates a winner, don't they? <laughs> yeah. Always. Yes. But anyway, um, you know, so as as we as we grew, we we had this my, this vision for the to grow the family business. And um, that's how Bob and I and John decided we're going to try to make this thing go. And, um, and we did. And, and we diversified into other products. And, you know, automobile shift knobs. I mean, we do business. We make them for Ford and Toyota and Chrysler and uh, whatever else. And, but all the it's, – it's actually our largest single product right now. Um, Crazy. It, it, it's unbelievable, uh, but we do it worldwide, and uh, it's great. By the way, forty-three percent of our business is worldwide. Um, so, awesome. uh, as a company, we're a very poor marketing company. But <laughs> what we do, we do very well, and we're known for it. Mm -hmm. And I think that's been success. I know that's bragging, but I'm proud of that. Absolutely. Um, hopefully, be. as the third generation takes over, they're going to. Uh, break us out of the, out of the, you know, there's three aspects of a, of a business. There's the, the entrepreneur, the administrator, and the technician. And it's, it's important to decide which you're going to be. And if you're not going to be one of them, you have to have someone come in and do it. Um, that's why I, I'm chuckling to myself because you got Terry and all you guys together, each one doing your own thing mm -hmm. that puts one package together. That's important, you know. So, yeah. you know, um, that's we've we've evolved into um, all the other products, but small ball bowling, and I say small ball because there's actually five types of small ball bowling. Um, uh, you know the candle pin, duck pin, five pin, rubber duck, and now the new game is mini bowling. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you're familiar with that. Yeah, um, you mean like the Route 66? Yeah. Yes, exactly. And we make the balls for for the, for those. Um, what about what about nine pin? Nine pin the skittles, yes, we make those too. Um, <laughs> That's awesome. That 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 nine pins in kegling. Uh, I don't know if you ever heard of the story of Rip Van Winkle, when when they settled New York, New Amsterdam, and he fell asleep under the tree, and they said he was he was ten pin bowling. Well, in fact, he was playing. He was kegling, which because uh, Holland, Germany, Austria, uh, Latvia, all those countries uh, play uh, have skittles in nine nine pin. Now and, I, I could, I, I could be wrong, but this I had heard a rumor that that was kind of how ten pin bowling started. Was that they had nine pin bowling and let it got banned in the states, so they added another pin and created a I, new game, and then it became ten pin because nobody it, was going to work. I, I I believe you're right. I I, <laughs> I would say that I believe because I don't know one hundred percent on that, but I think you are right. Yeah, I think you're right. You see. Um, 
Now, the, the gentleman that developed five pin, that was in 1911, was it? Uh, 1905, I believe, right, Tommy? Was it 1905? 19, okay, because that, 19, you know that. We, we should, should know this. made the anniversary balls for that. Right. Um, with, with the logo and whatever. But duck pin bowling was derived from 10 pin. It was developed in Baltimore, Maryland in 1906. Uh, and, it, and it was derived from, from 10 pin. How rubber duck came about, um, I'm not 100% sure because we've had some rubber duck down here mixed in with our duck pen. Uh, are you familiar with the difference between the two? Yeah, the hard belly and the soft belly. The, the rubber duck right. is the, the, the bands around it, right? Yes, yes, that's right. That's right. Um, so, you know, with that being said, um, my father... My father's attitude was make a good product and stand behind it. You know, I was mentioning about the process of repairing a bowling ball. Well, it's ironic that no one, no one wanted to give him the opportunity. He actually stole four bowling balls from a bowling center. Right? <laughs> the, the owner saw him do it. He went up and put $10 on the table, okay? And he brought them back a week later, all refurb refurbished. The owner couldn't believe it. Because it had never been done before, yeah. you know. Um, so, but in my, like my father said, always remember the guy who bought four, and then bought eight, and then bought sixteen, because he's the one that made your business. It's not the big guys that come down the pike, you know. They they only come down the pike after everybody else uh, makes you. I'll give you another example of that. Um, are you familiar with Hurst Penske? Uh, anyone into automobiles? Mm -hmm. Penske, yeah. All right, my oh, brother John. I'm sorry. Yeah, Penske makes sense. Well, I've heard I've heard that name for sure. Yeah. Well, my brother John restores automobiles, and he had nine Chevys from the '60s. When he he probably would make a dollar and a quarter an hour at the rate he goes because he he strips it down to the frame, the whole thing, right? <laughs> but what happened was he ordered a shift knob for a 1978 Corvette and bought it from Hurst Penske, and he's ranting and raving. Um, that it was a piece of crap and it's cracked and it doesn't match and whatever else. Now, I got to tell you guys, I know the engine's in the front of my car because my golf clubs are in the back. And, <laughs> and, and, and you're not dealing with an idiot. I know something makes this thing go. Okay. Yeah. Well, he's not that way, believe me. He's got to know that the, the gauge between the, the door frame and the frame, the whole thing, that's how what a pain in the neck he is. And, uh, you know, he, and so. He's complaining to me. He said, well, we can do better. I said, then do better. Well, we started making them, and I called uh, Mr. Gasket, Chris Penske, and um, the knob that he paid $39.95 for at the time, um, they told me they were they were landing it uh, for $1.50, and they were selling for $39.95. Wow. And so we said, well, you know what? And, of course, we couldn't make a product for that. Um, so again, we, we took the quality and whatever, we said, we're going to do better. And, um, we started selling to all the, the, the shifter companies and the retro people and the reproduction. And, uh, we even, we sold to NASCAR and, and all that. And a year later, Mr. Gasket called us and that they wanted us to make all the products from, we said, wonderful. Well, we don't want you to sell to our customers. I said, since when were they your customers? I thought they were everybody's customers. <laughs> Yeah. I said, we came to you first, remember? 
you know. And so we've always tried to carry on the philosophy that, you know, go to the, the important people, the source, see what they need, and let's give them what they need. Um, so hopefully I haven't bored you to death. No, um, no, no, actually, it's it's kind of neat you it's talking incredible. about that because um, right now in the States, the right to repair is kind of a big a big thing going on, right? Uh, with yes. technology side now more so than the automotive industry. So it's kind of yeah. neat that you you bring that into a conversation that is literally happening right now for other industries in the same same situation, right? Sure. Yeah. You know, as a company, uh, I'm I'm very proud, and I guess you can hopefully you can sense that my, my pride about my family and what we've done. And I've sent I sent Timmy a number of mm-hmm. photos of different awards we've gotten in. My father has been inducted into the Candlepin and Duckpin Hall of Fame for his contribution to bowling, and we've received numerous awards over the years. Um, and as a company, we try to be sensitive to exactly what you're talking about, Kerry. Uh, the, you know, I don't mean to sound so philosophical about things, but it's pretty simple, you know. Um, I can BS with the best of them, but it comes down to uh, just a few simple things. And if you do what you say you're going to do, that's what's important. You know? yeah. um, so, and so I don't know. I guess I've jumped around a little bit. I maybe no, cut a shot. No, no you, you kept this on the edge of our seat. Uh, I hope so. <laughs> everything that's going on. No, that's good. Um, yeah. I, I just like to follow the, I guess, the timeline um, specifically to deal with five pin bowling. Um, how did you guys get involved with finally getting personalized bowling balls to um, our sport up here in Canada specifically? Well, you know, first of all, let me just say that bowling has always been a demand looking for a supply. You know, normally we have a supply and the supply and demand issue, okay? But bowling, but people want to bowl. And they love bowling. It's the largest participating sport in the world. But they need to have a good product to deal with. And I could never, we not just I, myself and a lot of other people in the bowling industry and all the industries could never understand why five-pin bowling had a rule that you couldn't own your own equipment. I mean, who, <laughs> who would not want their customer to invest in their business? Amen. 100%. The second uh, that they have their own product, they want to go back repeatedly. It, you know? Yeah, it, yeah. You don't like yeah. having your golf clubs just sit in the garage. There you, you, know? there you go. Absolutely. <laughs> and it always puzzled us. And we had worked, you know, I remember in, in 1971, we went, uh, my brother and I took a trip to Montreal. And we met with, uh, I don't know if you remember, uh, new Tony Godet from Baltimore Corporation, um, Maurice Boyer from um, Boyer Pro Shop. They were the, the real pioneers in, in uh, uh, French Canada. And, um, you know, we went there and, and we talked to them. We said, look, what do you need? And we, we were looking for distributors. And we said, of course, each one, one wanted us to want an exclusive. And, you know, they were always competing with each other. But we said, no, let's start off small. I don't want you to take a thousand ball. I want you to take a hundred. And if you like them, come back and take another hundred. And that's how we built it. Well, we're saying, geez, Candlepin, they're going gangbusters. Duckpin's going gangbusters. Duckpin uh, duck in Canada 
he's going gangbusters. Five penicillin. What kind of rule is that? Well, <laughs> yeah. no, I mean, I, we just couldn't understand it. Not just us. There's a there was a, a good sized contingent in Canada, uh, and I can I wish I could remember all their names. I think my Alzheimer's is kicking in. But you know, you talk like about guys like Al Hong, uh, yeah. Don Sim, mm-hmm. uh, Bill Douglas from Edmonton. Yeah. Uh, the, the, um, the, a lot of guys in Ontario, they were so supportive that finally you know, the writing was on the wall for small ball bowling, five pin bowling. Either you wake up, or you're going to go the way your your rules are going. Yeah, and I hate to be so blunt, no, but no, that's absolutely. what it is. Absolutely. Okay. And uh, you know, it my, my it's funny because my brother, as I said, owns a 36 lane bowling center. The bowling center was owned by the original owner's former banker. And everyone said he overpaid. Well, he changed the name from Sandy's Lanes to Park Place Lanes, modernized the entire front, allocated 100000 a year for modernization. Now, whether or not he did it or not in one year, he still would save that money towards it. Bought new rental shoes every year. And, of course, he bought them from Paramount. And we were... You know, we, we've known Nick Muskilly for a lot of years. His attitude was, I charge the most, but I give my bowlers the best. And right. other bowling centers were buying his rentals, his used rentals, and they couldn't understand why he was able to charge what he charged. And he said, I laugh all the way to the bank. They can't figure this out. <laughs> you know, <laughs> You yeah. walk into a bowling center, you put your feet in shoes, you look at pins, and you're on the the, the approaches and whatever. And it's that type of mentality. Well, after knowing him all these years, my, my nephew, who was with I, IBM at the time, um, got let go from IBM. And Nick was 78 years old, and he wanted to sell the bowling center. And my brother says, good, I'll buy it. And he bought it. And, it, what, and I was telling Tim, he averaged, I, I don't know what the statistics are the last few years, but he was averaging 17,000 uh, strings per bed per year. Oh, wow. Okay. That, that's a lot. Uh, and and he, there was a snack bar, a lounge, billiard room, and whatever else. So, you know, around in, in pain, I think it was about 8,300 strings a year was the average. You know? um, so, that's amazing. Uh, it certainly is. And, you know, I guess the question is, did, did he overpay originally? I don't think so. You know, um, like I, said, I, I guess I, I have a tendency to go on and go on about something because I, <laughs> I believe so much in this thing. You that, know? That's, that's what this is about. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, sure. thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Thank Absolutely. you. It's, uh, our lives have been wrapped up in small ball bowl. All right. Um, I will tell you that. I mean, we make bowling balls for Brunswick, for Cubica, for all, all the companies. So I have to be careful. Um, but some companies didn't want small ball bowling to succeed. Yeah. You know, they'd rather make one product and that was it. Um, and yet I, it's a shame. And this is, But by the same token, it bothers me. Well, I guess I should cut here, and you guys can ask me any questions. No, no worries, no worries. Um, and and you don't have to 
infer anything from um, any of the questions specifically, but I got a little story to share. So um, with Five Pin Universe being around since 2015, one of our main goals was to bring sponsorship to um, professional bowling, especially with the Western Canadian Bowling Tour being so prevalent, especially on the Western side of Canada. Mm -hmm. Um, We did a lot of contact with... um, what used to be EBI, uh, storm bowling and stuff like that to try and see if there was anything that they were going to bring up to our side of the country. Cause let's face it, there wasn't a lot of, uh, a lot of stuff coming up this way mm-hmm. and you do not get an answer out of any of them. I, our game, uh, in my, um, my head, I guess, is just so small that they just don't want to waste time or you know i i also kind of understand when you're saying that you know certain certain companies didn't want the game to succeed and i i kind of understand because i mean even if they're if they're companies that also produce you know equipment like machines and all that stuff too five pin machines are simple they're durable and they last forever um, I think uh, the machines that we have are 50 years old. 10-pin's not like that. As you know, 10-pin ten, ten is like a, it's like a car. And I, I'm assuming I'm assuming that candle-pin has got to be similar, you know? But 5-pin itself is, is uh, the machines are super simple. And if, if that game exists and thrives, that's really taking away, like, all the products that would have to go into the machines because they depreciate, right? So I, I totally understand from a business standpoint why 10-pin would be more lucrative than something like 5-pin would be. Yeah, absolutely right. That That's an excellent point. And to give an illustration, in Candlepin, uh, they can average five to seven strings per hour on a, on a Candlepin machine. You can't do that on 10-pin. Right. Okay? right. The, the maintenance of a Candlepin machine is probably... So, uh, and I'll just pick a numbers. I, I can't swear this is the exact number as it is today, but let's say $200 a year per machine, whereas in a 10-pin, it's $200 a month. Right. Um, just like the pins. You know, candle pins, uh, the synthetic candle pins last 12 to 14 years. Wow. Okay. 10-pin, why do you think they don't want to have the synthetic pins? Yeah. So you replace them all the time. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, and but I will tell you, and I'll, I don't mean this. Well, I guess I do mean it in a disparaging way because it's a fact. The problem with small ball bowling, one of the problems is, the first thing everyone says is price. How much? They don't want to know if it's good. They don't want to know how long it lasts or whatever. It's price. So a lot of manufacturers have said, you know what? Why am I investing in that industry? We've had some of the same questions about some of the products that we've wanted to develop. And we've questioned, why are we capitalizing that kind of money? When the, the Tim, you and I spoke about yeah. this the other day about the bands. Mm-hmm. Okay. I mean, there are things that are needed in the industry and, and people are wondering why there's, there's, there's no manufacturers. The man, number of manufacturers are getting fewer and fewer. The number of sponsors carry is getting fewer and fewer. Because there's not enough margins being made to support the industry. My brother was trying to develop a program in both Candlepin and Duckpin here in the in the U.S., where if you wanted to build a bowling center, you can go to 
to set up a program. They would have a, you who to. They'd have an architect for you. They'd have machine uh, builders for you. Where to get all the supplies? Where to get financing and whatever else? Because if you want to build a small ball bowling center today, you're pretty much on your own. And yet you go to an AMF or Brunswick or whatever, they'll handle the whole package. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So I think Dexter goes along with what you were referring to in, in that, you know, it may not indirectly goes to, to that point. Um, but you're right. You're absolutely right. I mean, one of, we've got a, a major problem in that these synthetic lanes, um, they're being sold to bowling centers that no no maintenance is required. That is the biggest amount of BS I've ever heard in my life. Okay? <laughs> and and if you look at if you look at Brunswick as an example, has a disclaimer on this synthetic lane that if you don't condition those lanes or whatever, okay, then the warranties are off. Whether it be the balls, the pins, the shoes, anything, the warranties off. But the small ball guy, you know, they all used to Small ball bowling used to have a mechanic slash maintenance man. Now they don't believe they have to do any maintenance. This was happening in in uh, mini bowling. By the way, do you know how many mini bowling centers there are around the world? About oh, no, four thousand. Oh, really? <laughs> okay. Now they're not all big centers. You know, some oh, yeah. some have two lanes, four lanes, six lanes. There are some with fourteen, sixteen, and twenty lanes too. You know. That, that are being developed and uh you know and it's not always around the league theme it's around recreation themes and in whatever themes uh you know one company we do business with specializes they have over 200 types of beers okay they now own three bowling centers um hmm. so you know it's the theme so yeah it's a sport but it's also a recreation depending on who you who your yeah. client is, you know? Yeah, because you yeah. see those Route 66s, um, well, at least you did. I haven't seen one in a while. They used to be in, like, the Palladiums and stuff like oh, that, the arcades, West right? West Edmonton Mall has them. Yeah. Yeah. They, have, they have them in, like, so West Edmonton Mall has a 32-lane 10-pin center. Yeah. And, uh -huh. and they, they set up a separate room. They call it the kingpin thing, and there's, like, eight Four. of them in there. Four. Mm -hmm. I think it's yes. more than that. Yeah. But yeah, they, they have they have them all set up in there, and it's like the little small ball too, which is yeah. it's it's interesting. Um, yeah, I don't know. But, well, you know what what's wonderful about small ball bowling uh, is that, and, and let's not I'm not talking about the the professional segment of it. I'm talking mm -hmm. about just the average bowler segment. Physi physically. Age-wise, whatever it doesn't, you, everyone can compete at a, at that level. You know what I mean? Um, and that's why it's so popular. And, and, and they want they want my father-in-law, <laughs> who at the time was 90 years old. You know, if the will fell in, he'd go, "Oh, look, the will fell in." You know, that's how excitable <laughs> it is. But you know, but he he lays the ball on the lane and it goes rolling down the, the lane and knocks the pins over. He doesn't care if he gets a strike or not, as long as he can still yeah. bowl. That, that's yeah. what he wants. You know. Um, I think there was a, a whole Simpsons episode around this, wasn't there not? Yeah. Like, there, there was. Like, like, what do you mean I could do candle pin? And it's like, and it doesn't hurt my back and I can yeah. Yeah. No, that's, you're, you're absolutely right. You're right. But, and, yeah. and, that's, and that's why the presentation of the game, meaning the shoes, the pins, the, uh, you know, whatever, 
is so important. You know, uh, do you ever know uh, Jean-Marc Boyer and Laura Miller? No. Laura, no. Um, well, anyway, they live in Ontario. <clears throat> For a few years, they were our account manager in Canada. And um, Jean-Marc was the son of Maurice Boyer, pro shop owner. And um, she was telling me she took the, uh, I think it was the Cub Scout troop, to a five-pin center. And there's the guy standing behind the counter in a T-shirt, uh, chewing, uh, eating uh, um, Cheetos, you know, and the kids were afraid of them. You know, and I mean, these are true stories. They were, they, we have, we still have small ball bowling centers that don't take credit cards. Oh wow! Yeah. Right. And the answer is, well, my my uh, bowlers don't want it. You mean the same ones who are in their 70s and 80s and the way they're going to go, you're going to go too? Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. All right? and, yeah. But you can't get it across to them. And there's other reasons why they don't want credit cards, but that's beside the point. <laughs> <laughs> I use yeah. the expression, the name is Rupert, not stupid, you know. Um, <laughs> um, yeah. But anyway, uh, so again, I hope I've answered that, that question a little bit. Yeah, for sure. So... Um, I kind of want to just build a little bit on, um, like you're saying, quality of your, your product and stuff like that. So um, I guess it's it's fairly well known that in 10-pin, the bigger bowling balls with the weight blocks and stuff, they eventually break down, right? The, yes. They can't contain the weight inside, so they crack or, or they lose the finish or any of that stuff. Um, was there any thought when... Your, your dad or yourselves were developing like the Starline bowling ball or the Paramounts um, about uh, a way to resell the same product to the same players or was it a, supposed to be a lifetime um, bowling product? Well, Kerry, that's, it's interesting you brought that up. Tim and I spoke about mm -hmm. this the other day. You know, when my father developed the philosophy, always had the philosophy and attitude, make a quality product. They, they don't remember you for making a good product. They only remember what, they remember you for making a good product, but they'll be derogatory towards you for making a lousy product. Right. They'll curse now, you. <laughs> as, as an example, okay, 10-pin is a different animal. You know, they had a ball of the week club. One year they come out with 100 and something new 10-pin balls. They, they actually hurt the retail market because they confused the bowler yeah, they got more 300 games out of it. Oh, yeah. Okay? But who did it really help? You know? Um, yeah. But Tim and I were speaking the other day, and I said, Tim, let, let's use a simple analogy. Let's say that one-third of the cost of a product is raw material, one-third is labor, and one-third is overhead. Even if I were to cut the raw material costs in half, how much have I actually saved? Right. <laughs> so if there's a problem with that product down the road, they're not going to remember that they wanted a cheap product. They're going to remember that they bought it from EPCO. Yeah. And EPCO has to be able to stand on its two feet and say, we warranty our product against workmanship, uh, defense and workmanship and raw materials. All right. And we, we need to stand by that. Um, I, again, I'm not trying to be philosophical. I, I think it's a, it's the kiss theory. Keep it simple, stupid, because you just get yourself in trouble trying to figure all angles. Yeah. Um, 
ultimately, you know what, you you have the opportunity where you guys could potentially make more money by creating a product that does deteriorate over time so that they are forced to do it. But it, it sounds like you guys are just good people that, that like... That's, I hope everyone says that. Yeah, well, <laughs> you, you, sure, you sure seem like it. But it's just you, you have that option and you guys are literally choosing to make a quality product. And may, maybe that's, you know, not the not the best business way of doing things but it's the best human way of doing things yeah i don't even i don't even know if it's even that far as long as you're innovative and you keep coming up with new product you can replace the the stale dated product i guess you could look at it may not be broken but everybody wants something new right i don't want tim for a client but that's okay. He's just one. You know? yeah. Well, there's two on this podcast. Yeah. So. But I have to tell you that those Olympic bowling balls were made as a lower price item oh, years ago. That's, that seems all right, right, Tim? But yeah, what happens? You made me lots of money over the years. <laughs> boy. All right. That's what I like to hear because the quality of the product was still an outstanding quality. Okay. Yeah. Um, and and that, again, and just the way you speak of it, Tim, does make me feel good. Mm-hmm. And Dexter, I'm going to tell you something. You're not always going to like what I have to say, but you no, seriously. But you're going to know that I'm not going to be lying to you. No, absolutely, yeah. yeah. And that's how I rather approach it. Um, 100%. Yeah, uh, yeah. All, all the time. I don't want to mis- misguide anyone into anything because it's too short. The other side of it is, look, the small ball market is has a defined capacity okay that's another reason we have to diversify into all the other product the capitalization of equipment as an example a grinding machine that my father paid uh thirty thousand dollars for in 1960 is now about three hundred thousand dollars and we have 12 of them (laughs) that's a lot of capitalization yeah you know um so you know with a finite market uh, we could outproduce the entire small ball industry in three or four months if we if we want to if we capitalize capitalize on the production of it now. Whereas ten pin is different, you know. Yeah. I mean, my brother was on the Ebonite uh, committee because, as I said, we used to be full line distributors, and he warned them about going to China. He said, "You're going to regret it." Did you ever know Mike Quitter used to be with DBA Products, and then he was vice president of Ebonite? I've heard of his name yet. Okay, uh, we've known we had known Mike for a lot of years. Jim uh, uh, Felucci from uh, Brunswick. You know, his father uh, worked at Brunswick. He became vice president up in Muskegon. Um, talked, you know, they went to Mexico. Yeah. Uh, there's other reasons they went there, but um, but it, you know, but the market is a is a different market than the small ball game. You know, yeah. uh, and that's. So we don't want to risk losing that, you know. Um, but but look at, there are two ways to go out of business. Yes, you can price yourself out, and B, you can make so little profit you can't afford to stay in. Yeah, you've got to decide where you fit into that. And I yeah. think by making cheap products, isn't going to, um, isn't going to isn't going to help the business in the long run. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, yeah. I'll make a comment. Uh, I don't know. Is there still Kmart's around? 
Uh, do you have Kmart in Canada? No, it's it's, it's long gone. gone. Yeah. 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 Well, there were companies that used to sell candle pin, duck pin, bowling balls in Kmart. Oh, really? And, wow. Yeah. And they sell bocce balls. They sell bocce balls. We make bocce. We make a lot of bocce balls. Um, but again, we make tournament, tournament grade because people don't re remember that they wanted a cheap set. They just remember where they got it. All right. And we said, you know what? Unfortunately, we can't afford to make a Kmart product. I just can't do it. No. So let the other guys do it. Like my brother Bob says, put them out of business first and come and see us. No, <laughs> that's what'll happen. But anyway, yeah. so. Um, yeah. Uh, speaking, you were, we were talking on Monday. Uh, first price increase you guys are going to have, right? Since was it 2009? Nine, no, 19. 19. 19. 19. Yes. Yeah. 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 <clears throat> it's, I am saddened to say, <clears throat> excuse me, and I don't know. I wish I knew what the answer was. I have never seen an economy the way it is right now. Um, we. As a as a business, without bowling, because bowling has been almost nil for the last year and a half, yeah. we are up uh, as a in, in as an overall business sixty two point five percent. Wow! Without bowling, that's amazing. Well, thank wow. you. Yeah. But I wish I knew what we were doing right, so we'd keep doing it, and what <laughs> we were doing wrong, so we could correct it. Okay. But what's worrying us is, I had a meeting uh, last Friday with one of my major vendors. Some of our raw materials are made to our specification. All right, they've they've got us on allotments. That you know what used to be five to seven week delivery is now fifteen to seventeen week delivery. Yeah, um, and there's no guarantees. A friend of mine who's in the MFA manufactures resin uh, uses a product called malleic anhydride um, that has to come from China now because the refineries in the U.S. were shut down. And dealing with the environmentalists, they said, we're not going to do it anymore. They went to China. Well, six-month lead time in China, and he's now into the eighth month, and China won't even respond to when he's getting it. Wow. Yeah. I talked to my two of my clients in the U.K. Lumber has gone up 300-and-something percent. Yeah. Um, yeah. Freight, the, the, one of my clients in the U.K., UK, we put a send a shipment to them. This is for industrial balls, by the way. The freight was more than the product. Um, I don't know where it's going. And yeah. it is scary. It is truly scary. And I'm ashamed to say, I don't know, I don't know how, how we're going to correct this. Yeah. Um, the only consolation is EPCO's not alone. I've talked to everybody, <laughs> yeah. you know, about it, 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 yeah, having the same problem. Uh, yeah. it, it's amazing, just amazing. Yeah. Up here in uh, specifically in Western Canada, like our lumber prices also went up three hundred percent. Like inflation is skyrocketing, and it's it, it's sad to see what's going to have to bite the bullet or um, to offset this. Right, like pretty soon people won't be able to afford to do entertainment stuff and all that stuff because they're paying for everything else. And yeah. Yeah, and now that our, our federal government, not to get into politics, has declared that they're going to run a new election here in 36 days, it's uh, 
we're just up in arms. We have no idea what's what's going Excuse on me. and how things are. You're talking fixed. about Canada. You're talking about the U.S. because we're really screwed up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't know what's better. We're anymore, on the man. same boat. We're yeah. on the same Jeez. boat. Politics Listen. suck everywhere. We have, oh. we have we have a drama teacher right now leading the country. So, <laughs> <laughs> hey, our governor um, can talk forever and say nothing. And the girls in my office, they said during this COVID thing, oh, you've got to listen to Governor Baker. It was a 43-minute speech. <laughs> so the next morning I went in, I said, girls, I want you to listen to that speech, and I want you to tell me what he said. They listened for 43 minutes. They said, we have no idea what he said. I said, that's right. That's exactly <laughs> what I did. <laughs> it's just amazing. Yeah. You know, yeah, just, just amazing. But what are you going to do? I guess the, just – we have to do the best we can. I guess that's all I can say. You, know? <laughs> yeah, um, you are right. We're all I mean, in the same boat. I, yeah. I think I, I think I overheard Tim talking to you a little bit about it, but we have a good friend that uh, is in the glass industry here, and he's he's in charge of you know bringing in all the glass for this company in Western Canada, and you know it's the same thing. You know, you just you can't get it out of China, and the, it'll sit there and be like, okay, it's supposed to be here in two months, but it won't be, and if you want it to be there in two months. You have to pay $20,000 a container and that number is going up and yeah. they'll put it, they'll put it on the, on the boat in, in a week. But if you don't pay that $20,000, you'll see it in six months. That's right. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I had, well, I, I could go on forever, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Every, everyone's, everyone's in the same, but it's sad. It really is, it is because yeah. you know, what bothers me, the people who are getting hurt are the people that they talk about helping the most yeah. and they're not really helping them, you know, and that's what disturbs me. Um, but what are you going to do? You know, but anyway, um, wh what else were we going to talk? Oh, uh, what'd you guys think of all those awards and those pictures, by the way, I should have sent one of myself. <laughs> <laughs> you, you guys have a ton of awards, which is so many amazing. We do. We do. Yeah. Uh, and we, we, again, we're very proud of it. And, uh, you know, starting with our father and my brother, Bob, you know, John and I are in manufacturing and we're kind of boring, you know, we do in the background, whatever. My brother, Bob, he's known no matter where he goes in Bowling, they know Bob Perella. Okay. The problem is being a twin. If I walk into a bowling center, they start asking me about different things. That's a, there's a portrait of, of my father and some of the awards. And of course there's a, uh, types of bowling right there. I should have put a kegling ball there and I didn't. It's up on our other shelf. Yeah. Yeah. But um, yeah, it, it's interesting. Um, yeah, we're pretty proud of it. And the Paramount has a. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Um, but, you know, go from there. But, you know, I, there, there were a couple of awards from the Commonwealth of Mass that I had sent to Timmy yes. that we got a couple of years ago. And we're very proud of that. You know, again, as a small company, um, you, you can doubt yourself very often. You know, are we doing the right things? So it's nice to, to get some recognition sometimes. Sometimes you don't even realize people are watching you. But, you know, it's interesting because we got that, those awards as for outstanding company in manufacturing. But what else, the other thing that we've been very proud of is that, that we're very sensitive to the environment and recycling and whatever else. And th that's something that has set us aside. I'll give you an example. I mentioned we have 
uh, actually 13 grinders. We, you guys know what coolant is used for in machines? Yep. Well, our coolant is all biodegradable. And each, each machine has about close to 100 gallons of uh, coolant, right? And it's water. It's water but with biodegradable material in it. Well, it's nice that it's biodegradable, but we have a filtration system that separates the, the, uh, the water from the solids. And as a company with, with 25 employees, okay, um, we use 550 gallons a day of water, the same as a house, household does in Medway, Mass. Um, so we, that's a pretty u unique thing, and people are amazed at that. Um, and we have a recycling program for our corrugated and our paper, and, and uh, we try to recycle all our plastics. And we try to be sensitive to that because we can't ask other people to do it if we're not going to. Ironically, sure. I used to be on the Board of Health in town, <laughs> but uh, – but I, but I think the, I think those things are important, and that's what's made a, us a nice little company, you know. Absolutely. Um, thank, I mean, something I'm saying that I don't. Again, I'm bragging, but I, I truly believe that, you know. Uh, so anyway, and let me see what else. Oh, ask me some questions. Yeah, I know Carrie and Dex have a lot of bowling ball questions. Okay. Well, I, so I got one specifically. I guess I'll start um, regarding the star line. So. Mm -hmm. It's not like we've ever cut one open or anything like that, but is it true that it is a two-piece construction bowling ball? There's a core in it. That's the second, similar to a 10-pin. Right. So um, what gave you guys the idea to try a two-piece construction on a small ball? Uh, first of all, the chemical composition is totally different. You cannot get that translucent, transparent color effect with the other materials like that a paramount ball is made of or cobra rubber or the urethane right okay um you know it's interesting because i get a kick out of how they market uh, reactive urethane epco has done the same thing but what they don't tell you and i don't want this to be repeated they're all reactive <laughs> you're doing this on a live podcast man <laughs> Okay. I mean, the only way you can process it is that it has to be reactive, and that's how it kicks over. And once it's chemically cross-linked, it won't change, you know. Right. But uh, yeah. but that's why uh, we do have the core in that carry uh, okay. for the weight control and whatever, you know, right. and to get those effects. And is there is there any plans on coming out with a different line with a two-piece construction, or is that specifically just your Starline product? Well, they, they start. Well, are you? Are you leading to the Starline Galaxy? Well, kind of, sort of. So is the new ball, the Starline Galaxy, that you guys are coming out with, um, I can share it on screen here for our viewers, um, is that a new product or is that going back to an old product that you're bringing back? No. Years ago, we did have a Sparkle uh, bone ball. Yes. Different material entirely. As a matter of fact, I'm trying to remember the... The year it was, but the the uh, C5 PBA was uh, done in Calgary. Ninety six. We... Oh, okay, there you go. When when we Not... this is my Alzheimer's again. Yeah. Um, that's when we reintroduced the star line, and there was a different material. Uh, same basic family, I have to say, but a different version of it, okay. and a much finer grade. 
And then we decided after all this time, you know, we had had a sparkle at one time, but uh, it was it was it was hotter, and I we think it was more not think we know it was more brittle. So we okay. took the the Starline material now and incorporated the the sparkle, the galaxy effect in, into that, and that's why it's called the Starline Galaxy. It's the same traditional material, hmm. and uh, and we have by the way we have done a little bit of test marketing on that. Um, through several centers here in the states, um, and w- one in uh, in Ontario, and we've gotten great responses to it. Hmm. Uh, as, as a matter of fact, those colors—I don't know if you noticed the colors in the brochure. Did you see the brochure? Yeah. Um, the uh, the Cobra Pro Rubber, the uh, camouflage colors. Yeah. What'd you think of that? Uh, you know, it, it's it's really nice. I, I mean. I feel like I feel like camo is a, is a bigger thing in the states than it is in Canada, but it's it's just nice to see new colors. I I love the purple, lime, and white. I really like yes. that. I'm a Good. big fan of the orange. Orange is my favorite color. But the camo mm-hmm. is a is a nice. I mean, we've never seen anything like that in in small ball. So that's it's neat to neat to uh, to see that come to fruition. Right. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Well, again, we've we've really responded to people asking us for some of these things. Um, you know, after all these years of making uh, new colors in particular, um, you know, it, it's astounding how many colors we've made since 1960, you know, and then can we get a different shade of this and a different shade of that? And someone's perception of what might like, well, I'll use the Cobra, uh, the uh, purple and black. The purple and black was a very popular ball, but then it became too dark. Yeah. So we said, let's. Why are we trying to reinvent the wheel? Let's change the color. And we made it the lavender. And the response we've gotten so far, people have seen it. At least the distributors have seen. It. I sent the same brochure to our distributors. And by the way, our brochure is going to be ready next week after all these months of delay. Um, but um, you know, we've, we've gotten such positive responses. There's going to be a couple of other things that, um, well, I, I'll mention to you after. You ask me questions, and I'll bring up a couple of so, new things. So the star lines, I'll tell you about the, those original or the star lines from, like, say, 96. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you know up here, Richard, but they're on the black market. If you find a pair, they're selling for a huge price. It's crazy how they go up here. For some reason... You can buy one of those balls for like one hundred and fifty dollars a ball up here, right? I'm in the wrong business. Yeah. So <laughs> if, if if you have any of those kicking around, you just put them on the black market and they'll sell these, for sure. But these are the same. Yeah. The, the style right. line of, of, of you know last week um, is the same as the ones in '96. Yeah. So there, no. there you go, guys. You hear don't, that, don't. Adam? You can buy new bowling balls. They don't have to be the same. <laughs> hey, why, why would I buy a new bowling ball when this one makes me so much money? <laughs> um, so, Adam, you're not helping me, buddy. No, no, no. I, I, I'm, I'm willing to test them out for sure. Uh, I've been promoting the Starline bowling balls for as long as I can remember. Um, I, I do have a, a set of uh, reactive use as well, just as kind of a, a different feel. Uh, sure. But I'll, I'll continue with that Starline probably till the day I die in this sport. 
Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, to, to, to see that they're bringing that back because I, I know there's a lot of people that would love to try them and right. they, they can't find them. So to, to have yeah. that as an availability and uh, just, well, just kind of see what the hype is, I think it's incredible for the industry. You know, Adam, you, you, you brought up an interesting point, and it's one of the problems that we're having as a company. Um, the problem with, you know, first of all, the number of distributors that are out there today is not the number that used to be out there, okay? Number two, they're cherry-picking lines. We constantly get people saying, what else do you have that's new? Or oh, we didn't know you carried that, okay? And that hurts our business. And what you're saying, Adam, is exactly the, what we're confronted with. How do we get that across? The other side of it is there's a lot of bowling centers. I mean, someone mentioned golf. Uh, I think, Dexter, it was you talking about it earlier. You know, I don't care what size or type golf course you go to. They have some type of a pro shop. Yeah. yeah. Small ball bowling doesn't. No. You know? Uh, so many of them, I mean, oh, go go this one, or go to that one. They don't have it. it it's crazy. Um, yeah, we don't. <laughs> trying, I was talking to Tim the other day about trying to get a list of every bowling center in Canada. And when I asked the, the uh, Bowl Canada, oh, they don't have it. I said, you mean you don't have a list of who's not a member? Then how do you get new members? Yeah. <laughs> It's crazy. And, and then that, I've had the same thing from provincials, yeah. you know, and they want, and I said, how, how do we, how do we promote this? Cause as a company, we wanted to have like a monthly or uh, a quarterly newsletter go out, you know, just say yeah. this is what's happening or whatever else. And totally. um, it's, it's been very difficult. It seems like every place you go, you're stonewalled and in, into trying to get something done. That's why Carrie and everyone, I asked that question, but how did you get started? Because this is exactly what the industries need. Yeah. yeah. You know? well, um, if, if you need something, if, if you need something to go out, we're, we're the guys to help you out with that. So that's true. <laughs> well, I, we appreciate that very much. And, but like I said, trying to, I just, I'm at a loss because I don't know how to get around this without offending people. You know, we're trying to promote the industry. Yes. I'm trying to promote Epco products. Mm -hmm. But if the industry doesn't do well, they're not going to buy EPCO products, you know. Yeah. Um, and we, as a as a manufacturer, we're the only manufacturer that never sold direct to bowling center. Okay, unlike Brunswick and Ebonite, and who used to sell to distributors, then when they closed out the line, they sold them to bowling centers. Okay, and they left the distributor hint. At one time, Paramount had twelve thousand ten pin bowling balls in inventory. And when they come out with the ball of the week club, and by the time you got it from production, it was three weeks later, and they come out with two new balls, you're stuck with all the others. The old and then th they wouldn't take them back, you know? So we said, when, again, we know how bowling centers, we know how distributors want to be uh, treated because we're a distributor. We know how bowling centers want to be uh, treated and bowlers. And it seems like they make it so complicated uh, to do it. Um, but, you know, talk about all the colors and whatever. Over the years, if they, we have one pro problem, it's saying, what do you think of this color? <laughs> <laughs> Come up with a couple ideas. It's absolutely mind-boggling. Yeah. Mind-boggling. Totally. But, Adam, you know, you're talking about the, the reactives. Yes. Okay? Those were 
and they still are a very good product. And it's, it's addressing a special market. One of the issues, or the, I should say not, it's not an issue. Well, it is an issue. The biggest <laughs> question we get asked is, what bowling ball should I use? And I'm sure you guys must hear it all the time. Oh, yeah. yeah, 100%. The problem is you don't know where they bowl. You don't know what style they bowl. You don't know the conditions in the bowling lane, if there are any conditions. Because most yeah. of them, you know, balls are designed to do a certain thing. But not the same thing on every lane if they're not going to be conditioned or whatever. Yeah. So um, this is why Tenpin has been a success. They're very strict with their rules and regulations. Small yeah. ball bowling, you can't get them to talk to one another half the time. <laughs> no, you're 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 exactly right. Yeah, you're absolutely right. That sure. that, that was actually one of the questions that that I had uh, here as well is, um, like you, you mentioned that there's there's obviously so many different variations of bowling balls, and they're going to do you know different things on different lane conditions and things like that. Um, do you have uh, either pamphlets or a chart of uh, kind of what these balls are designed for, or is there specific you know conditions that they they they're better for, et cetera, et cetera? Adam, you're absolutely right, and we're deficient in that, but intentionally, because in order for for us to say how it, what the ball should be should do, it has to be you have to lay out the condition of the lane. Mm-hmm. And if they're not going to do it, now, I was referring to synthetic lanes earlier. I'll bet you 90% of the small ball bowling centers don't do anything to their lanes. Yeah, like, so I guess I'll give you a little context on, um, because we're very involved with the Western Canadian Bowling Tour. So um, we know going into, let's say, the Regina Classic at Golden Mile Bowl, that they are going to dress their lanes with so much oil and it's going to be it's a flat pattern to so far down the lane and it's going to be redressed every day so there's really four, four qualifying oh, yeah, shifts yeah. and then there's the sunday finals and they redress them every day because there is wear down in um once you get that many competitive players playing on top of each other mm-hmm. you do see some oil drag down and stuff like that so they redress all the time um but then we go Streaming, to Gary, yeah. you don't mean add you just mean dressing yeah, so they, they'll making, strip it back and yeah. then they'll relay oh, okay. it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah. They're, they're probably the anomaly. They're the only yeah. ones that would do it every day. Um, mm. Whereas, like, I think in Western Canada, I'm going to say for the most part, like, most of the centers do a pretty good job of at least oiling once a week sort of thing and, and maintaining the lanes that way and the machines. You start going out further out east, and I'm not – just just from personal experiences, you go out there for – um, national events and stuff like that, especially in the summertime, less you could oil. definitely see there's significantly less oil. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm going to say Western Canada probably does more oiling than, than Eastern Canada. I, 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 sure. I think it's uh, based off humidity. I think the uh, humidity look plays at, a huge factor. Uh, sure. Vancouver Absolutely. doesn't really doesn't really have a lot of oil on it. You look at Galaxy Lanes and stuff like that. Right, they just use Windex. They use Windex. They don't use oil. They use win- yeah, don't. <laughs> they're, they're, yeah, um, and then uh, and then you ever seen my be- big fat Greek wedding? He used Windex and everything. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, and then and then down east they use very little. So I think it's based off humidity. I know at our center we will oil and dress every Thursday, right? So, yeah. um, and then if there's another tournament coming in, I, I don't change it throughout the week. I just I don't know. 
I, I got into a real argument with one of the synthetic lane installers in Canada about conditioning the lanes, cleaning and conditioning. So I was talking to my brother Bob, and he happened to come down to the, but this fellow came down to the States to do some also. And I said to my brother, I said, Bob, don't you have synthetic lanes? He said, yeah, all 36 lanes. He said, I said, you don't dress them. He said, of course you dress them. You got to, of course. And, you know, the basis for it is that the dressing is an interface between the ball and the lane surface. First, no burn. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. And that protects the lane and it protects the ball, but it also causes to do certain things. Trying to explain that to some of these, they, they're being sold on the idea. You know, by the way, this also happened in mini bowling. And we now totally. have, have some cleaner and conditioner that we sell to, to them. And all of a sudden now the manufacturers are changing their tune that, mm-hmm. yeah, oh yeah, you, well, you do have to clean them. Well, don't blame the ball for what you're not doing. <laughs> yeah, you know? totally. Yeah. 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 Interesting. But yeah, we, we, we get a lot of white marks on our on our bowling balls, a lot of burn marks down east, like on stuff. Yeah, oh yeah. 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 Well it's friction. Yeah. It's friction, exactly. definitely. But Adam, you were saying about the reactive, and I would try what I was getting at was, you know, it was designed for a certain type of bowler who liked it. You know, and the same thing with the Cobra. The Cobra, the Viper, um the, the same bowling ball. Okay. They were scorpions too, right? Scorpion Pro Rubber. They're all yeah. Scorpion Pro Rubber, oh, right? Okay. But they're the new polymer rubbers. Like someone said, I remember when I was at a billiard show in Las Vegas, someone said, why are you making all these different new styles? I said, probably because Henry Ford stopped making just black. You know, <laughs> you need something to entice the bowler <laughs> and get them in to do yeah. different things. We make a trend, a clear a billiard ball. Now, oh. it's, not the same, it's not the same density as a standard billiard ball. Standard billiard ball density is 1.72, 1.75 density, and it's relevant to what elephant tusk was. Otherwise, okay. it could have been pick, pick any any other density you want. Well, someone said, well, these are lighter. It's all a matter of physics. If the cue ball is the same weight as the rest of the ball, it's all a matter of physics and the force put behind it. You know, And, uh, and we do a lot of personalized logos, names, and, and whatever else. Um, it's a large, big retail item. Um, that's but really anyway, uh, I'm sorry. That's really neat. Yeah, they are. They are a special thing. But um, mm. so trying to, we try to address the different aspects of the bowling market and the bowl, what the bowlers are looking for. Mm-hmm. Um, and hopefully, we've done that to the to a point. Um, so, so yeah. what that uh, that reactive U is that is that like a, a predecessor or sorry a. Yeah, to the old cyclones. Yes, okay. yes, yes. It is. That's what I figured. I I yeah. love I love the cyclones. I love them. Anytime I could see somebody put them up on the on the buy and sell or anything like that, I make sure to scoop them up because they're hard to come by and they're fa- they're fantastic bowling ball. Okay, well I'm gonna. Oh yeah, this is being published all over Canada, right? It is, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's <Yep>. live. <laughs> um. We could talk after. <laughs> there will, there will, they're going to be some are going to be available. Uh, Lakeview Lanes in uh, Ontario is going to be having some. Yeah, okay? beautiful. 
I, I yeah. think that he uh, actually is on our podcast. Yeah, I, think he is, Sean, yeah. I think Sean is, so yes. Okay, Sean. Great guys. Great guys. I got to <laughs> tell you, between Don Sim, Shelby Crest, Dorothy at uh, JD, and, and Eddie Dubinsky, okay, and Tony and Sean, I, great people to work with. Great yeah. people to work with. And uh, I think they wear bowling on their sleeve, which is great, you know? Yeah. Um, and anyway, I'm sorry I keep uh, diverging. No, no for no, sure. No. So um, I do have kind of a an industry specific question. So yeah. obviously, Phipps Bowling has uh, developed Small Ball for a while, and their their product that everybody loves is the Soft Roll. Was um, your guys' softball built for a direct competition um, due to the shore hardness of it, or? How how did the softball come about? Well, you're absolutely. That's exactly right. People, all right. We're going to be having two things. We're going to have not only the softball this year, that but it, it, I'm premature in announcing it, but it's coming. No, it's, it's only because exclusive. I don't have a brochure done about it. All right, but it's going to be coming very soon, and we're also going to have a Epco Hardball version. Okay. And though nice. and both of those products have been tested for several years now. And oh, they've awesome. been having great response. Um, you can talk to Tony and Sean and you can talk to Dorothy uh, out of J D and I think Don Don Sim has, has had some. I'm not sure if Shelby he usually shares it with with Shelby. But oh, yeah. uh Don, Don has had it also. So, so and, that and that's in response, Kerry, to uh, the bowlers demand, you know, what, what, what do the bowlers want? You know? Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's kind of neat to see, um, the way stuff, I guess, sells on our side of things. So you, we've seen like soft roll all of a sudden be developed. Um, obviously it, it sold first in Ontario side for Canada anyways. And then some of the Ontario guys brought it out here to play. So then we started purchasing it, and then it was the Aramith hard hard roll, I think, or hard ball it was called. That mm-hmm. started selling out here, and then yeah, and then you guys came up with the softball, and there's a few people in the chat talking about the softball and stuff like that. So that's yep. selling product, and obviously you coming out with this other one. Is that in direct correlation to the Aramith hard ball? Well, it, it, yes, it is. Yeah. Of course, I mean, again, we 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 have to fill the voids too. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. Uh, and, and be direct. Um, you know, th- well, I'll just <laughs> let our product speak for itself. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah. No, that's awesome. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I, I like to see it because um, not anything against your guys' product because I, I definitely have some Paramount in my bag and stuff like that. But the soft roll has been my go-to bowling ball for the last decade. So to see you guys come out with something that hopefully has the same texture and stuff like that and d- enable to test it and hopefully s- other people purchase it and stuff like that yeah hopefully it's something that replaces maybe some of the old soft rolls in my bag because that is one thing and that's why i guess i kept bringing up the the degradation in the product because um the soft roll bowling balls because they are so soft you do see some wear and tear on those sure. types of bowling balls right that's right that's right the other thing is we we do not make the same product and we don't make it intentionally because going back to the 1950s okay why should we come out with the same product 
that yeah. that technology is old and, and in our opinion archaic we're making a a uh, um, rub, rubber polymer which is the new is the modern technology to the right. whole thing i don't want to use the old lamp black sulfur cured uh, rubber <laughs> uh, you don't want to throw a good ear tire down the lane i don't care <laughs> <laughs> I guess. <laughs> I guess. And the other thing that we're going to introduce is uh, we're going to now manufacture custom bowling balls for, for any bowler. Um, wow. You'll nice. be able to pick. You'll be able to pick your brand, pick your size and weight, and your color combinations up to three colors. Man, I did that like ten years ago. <laughs> I ordered. I ordered a custom set of Starlands from you guys. They were green and yellow. And they were five, five inch three ten, or no, they were five inch three ten because three twelve wasn't. Uh, and I think they came in just over. It was like five uh, three ten and a, and a half. And yeah, they they hit like bricks. They were awesome. <laughs> so, yeah. You know that's that's an interesting thing you brought up, Dexter. Is they they changed the rule to five inch three ten, um, but it doesn't. It hasn't caught on. You know, it has to some people. So, I mean, sorry, it's now up to 312 um, yes. to match the duck pin. But it has with some people, and it hasn't with others. Like, it, you know, the, the game progresses and ideas change. And, you know, uh, we have some people that, like, throw rockets. And just, at, like, Evan LeCousier just throws it a million miles an hour. And he throws a 312, and they just explode. I, I shoot the 312. Even me shooting like the 310, I, I just get chops. I get tons of chop offs, and I don't get the same reaction. I'd like uh, yeah. now I went from custom ordering those to I was telling Adam today that I kind of want to custom order a four and seven eight three six. I've kind of gone kind of gone to the lighter for more deflection lately, and um, yeah. So you, yeah. you might be hearing from me. So so okay. Richard, um, I'm yes. going to test your five pin knowledge here. Um, Dexter <laughs> just used a term that you may not be familiar with. Do yeah. you know what a chop is in five pin bowling? Well, I think I do, but I'm taking a gamble in saying it. For sure. <laughs> it's, it's when you, I'm sorry. Have at it. Take a guess. Well, I thought a chop was when you you hit one and it bounces off to the other, away from the others. No, uh, a chop in five pin bowling is the head pin and right. a side. So you take the like the head pin, three pin, two pin, and then you leave mm -hmm. a three pin and a two pin standing. Right. Okay. Yeah, that's called a yeah. chop or a yeah, chop okay. off, I guess. Well, if... Thank you. No, I, I didn't know that. <laughs> Interesting. Um, so I guess I guess Richard. So how do you how do you order those custom bowling balls? Do you it's going to be you guys. We're going to have a program that's available through your bowling center, okay. and then through the distributor. And if if and if that doesn't happen, we're going to unfortunately for a lot of these bowling centers, we're going to allow people to order direct from us. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and I'll be and part of the problem is you know you can get you get certain bowling centers who some reason don't want to participate in something and i don't know how you combat that um and there's just a need out there for it yeah. you know yeah. uh, i think it's great it it, it it frustrates me um dex and i and our family run shirt like we we're talking on a center and uh, I, I can't tell you how many centers that we know that don't even put up a poster for shoes and balls 
Yep. Um, and it's it's not hard just to order a pair of shoes and balls and make some money off it. And it drives me absolutely just bonkers. It's just it's not like you can get the money up front if you want if you if you want right. And they refuse to do it. And I just it's uh, an investment into your center and into your if somebody buys something they're going to be coming back right. And uh, yeah, it's, yeah, it's crazy. So um, Kevin Jepson is, is saying. Uh, I, I'm an American or Canadian. I assume if it's through your center, Kevin, it'd probably be in Canadian dollars. I assume so. So, for, for you said Kevin Jepson? Yeah, yeah, okay. probably. Yeah. yeah, Kevin's a proprietor out in Mississauga as well. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Great, yeah. great, good, good. You know, I'll tell you a funny a story. I told you my brother the combination of Felix Unger and Rodney Dangerfield, <laughs> and. When bumper bowling came out, there were the big tubes you blew up, put them down the lanes, yeah. you know? Yeah. So he goes to the Mass Bowling Association meeting, and there's like 120 proprietors there. And they say, Mr. Prello, would you like to say anything? He says, stands up, and because when he stands up, he starts tugging at his belt. He says, look, he says, I don't want anyone to ask me about bumper bowling. And I'm going to tell you why. <laughs> You're going to have to buy the bumpers blow them up, put them in the gutters. The kids are going to come in with their grandparents and their parents. They're going to rent shoes. They're going to go to the concessions. They're going to bowl. They're going to come back to the counter. They're going to pay for everything. You're going to have to make bank deposits and probably file income tax at the end of the year. And God knows because you made a profit. And God knows we don't want to make a profit. Okay. So, <laughs> when, when, when he was all done, someone said, Mr. Perella, can I talk to you about bumper bowling? He said, didn't you just hear what I said? I don't want anyone to talk to me about bumper bowling. You know? yeah. He said, what does it take to get across to you people? You know, yeah. Yeah. but uh, a little more humor. But, but anyway, so that's, that's a couple of the new things we're going to, we're going to be coming down the road with. Uh, unfortunately, and I guess I owe actually the bowling industry an apology. As crazy as th this COVID thing has been uh, for everybody, it has been for us also. And, you know, up till a couple months ago, we had no idea that there was even going to be a bowling season this year. That's and so totally everything, fair. I'm sorry. That's totally fair. Yeah. Yeah. Everything got put on delay and we're way behind. Our brochures and posters are at the printers now and they should have been available in June. But when I talked to the distributors in June, they some of them, a couple of them, didn't even answer the phone. You know, yeah. it's crazy. So, so hopefully things are going to improve real quick. Yeah. So so for anybody listening right now, I mean, you guys got to see some of the new colors. So nobody else is going to get to see those. So That's order awesome. them now before <laughs> before products get bought up. Yeah, that's just right. That's right. Well, I want to thank you for that too. That's a that's a, definitely a big help to us. You know, that's great. Quick, what else can I help you answer for you? Quick question on kind of like a, a personal note, I guess. So yes. I, I, I don't think that I, I can throw the five inch ball consistently at that like 310, 312 range, but I prefer the four and seven, eight size. And, uh, but I'd, I'd like to try something maybe a little bit heavier. Uh, now with the Starline being that two piece composite design, I think that would be the only style that you could have like a heavier uh, core in there is that something that that might be available down the road adam actually it's not it's not right now 
And the reason it is not, we just have not had the, the demand for the, for the heavier weight. We did make some. Hmm. Hold on a second. <laughs> I may have. I know where you can get a, 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 maybe a few couple of sets in the heavy, heavier weight. See, oh, we did Adam, make Adam we did make some in five inch three twelve. Um, and I think we made some in four and seven eighths three ten. All right. Now we haven't because late in the last few years because there was just no demand for it. <clears throat> it's a matter of scale, a matter of economics and scale. Yeah. You know? Oh, um, absolutely. Let me well, make let, let me make note of that, Adam. I, I, I would love to try something like that, uh, Richard. You I, may I, you may have just got Adam Weber's first purchase <laughs> of bowling balls. Yeah. He no, he no, takes I, everybody's I, I, hand me downs. Just one set in like twenty years. <laughs> Excuse me, Adam. Do you know my brother? Um, maybe. <laughs> My brother asked me to go to lunch. When we get there, he tells me he forgot his wallet. Yeah, I, I, I've been there. <laughs> actually, that, 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 that's like the Rob Wolfson of the world. It's kind of funny, actually. It's I'm great assuming, to know I'm not alone. Yeah. <laughs> I'm assuming that's kind of why you guys went away from making like the four and seven eighths, three six sizes, because you guys used to have those available for like Cobras and Paramounts, I believe. Um, yes. But I mean, we. We don't order. I mean, we can't order them anymore. But we we direct some people to like four and three quarter, three eight, stuff like that. Is easier for them to hang on to and whatnot, but sure. still with some weight behind it. But right. I'm assuming that's why you kind of went away from the four and three. Yeah, or four if, and if we eliminated six. something, Dexter, definitely that would be the reason for it. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, we we have made some things on um, Lakeview has actually ordered some of the cyclones that you were referring to. Mm -hmm. They they put an order in today for custom made balls Amazing. and our problem is we have minimums for our production run that we that we have to adhere to you know um but uh they, they get the calls and and adam i think they may even have those four and seven eights three tens uh in the star line yeah, tony, the star to, line. tony hmm. says he has a five inch three twelve yeah no but he's got an order going up to him uh within the next few weeks that that's going to have some of those Don, in there. Right? Don, you'll be hearing from me tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> so so Don Sims on here as well, and he says he had a four and seven eight three six. There you go. He he does. Oh, yeah. does he? Yeah. 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 <laughs> Are you talking to Don? Say hello to him for. Uh, Don, yeah, well, Don, Don's on right now. He's yeah, he's, he's commenting right on. Yeah. Yeah, you can yeah. say hi to him right now if you want. Yeah. Hey, Don. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the guy, the guy drives me absolutely crazy. <laughs> I, I feel like the two Lovely. of you guys on the phone would be incredible. a long conversation. Uh, oh, listen, <laughs> incredible. I hope you he can't hear me, but you couldn't ask for a nicer person. <laughs> absolutely right. Absolutely. And let me tell you something. You want to know someone who wears five pin bowling on a sleeve? Mm -hmm. That's done. Absolutely. He's, you know? he's our historian. Yeah. He, he well, really is. He, I've learned more from him about five pin bowling and what's going on. That's why when we come out with something, most of the time I'll talk to Don about it. That's awesome. And, yeah. and I've sent and I've sent him samples of different things uh, to work on. And 
and test for us. And, uh, you know, because we, we want that feedback. Yeah, you know, some, sometimes I've got to know if, hey, if it stinks, let me know. I want to know it so we can correct it. Well, I mean, I don't like it, but yeah. still, yeah. you know, we've, we've, we've got to correct it, you know. Yeah. Um, Helps you guys, too, so you don't, like you said, don't uh, waste a lot of production runs on something that you're not going to end up selling, right? Oh, ab- absolutely. Absolutely. You know, like I say, if this were a 10-pin market, you could take a gamble on stuff, say, okay, and, and dump it. You know, years ago, many, many years ago, bowling balls, there were a lot of bowling balls made in Canada. Uh, they were the old shell bowling balls. They were the gray and white and whatever, Okay. And they they didn't sell here in the states. They were dumped in Canada. Oh, hmm. all right. So, and well, unfortunately, when we started selling in Canada, some of the Canadian distributors were very apprehensive because they felt they were put upon, and and rightly so. So we said, you know what? Try some. That's all. Try our product. Don't judge us on what the other guy done has done. Yeah. Try our product, and if you like it come back to us and that's that's been the success of what we've been doing you know and but in getting back to don and, and bill douglas i remember when they came down here i think it was i think it was 1990 uh reaver and i took them on a tour of boston we spent a few days with them my brothers and i and, and we've had a great relationship ever since you know yeah. and uh that it's nice to know people in business mm-hmm. but when it becomes more than that yeah that it makes it even that much better, you know, right. and easier Absolutely. to do. Yeah. yeah, maybe you can yeah. help persuade Don to uh, maybe come on the podcast. Yeah, because yeah. Don's never been on. No, he, he's him. he's a we strong really supporter, but yes, we uh, we haven't been able to bring him on. He's he's being a little shy with us. <laughs> I, I, I would maybe, love maybe to a hear phone stories. Call. I might have to make a phone call. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, wait a minute. He's the one that urged me to be on this. Yes. <laughs> Boy, I assume you something else, I'll tell you. That's right. That's right. Yeah. I don't know. Well, what else can I help you with? I answer for you, I hope. No, you, you've done really good. What, what yeah. about like a, a personal level? Like, did, were, were you involved in, in in plain bowling or in different styles? Did com- compete tournament wise? Adam, no, I don't compete. Um, I, I'm like a priest. I can tell you exactly how to do it. I just can't do it myself. You know, no, I love bowling. Uh, you know, and I participate in all types of bowling: candle pin, duck pin. Uh, I've done some five pin and whatever. But to be honest with you. Uh, it's sometimes it's like a busman's holiday, you know, and my brother, my brother knows every bowling center there is. And because we're twins, when I walk into a bowling center, can you fix my machine? I've got a problem with my pins. Can you check on this and whatever else? You know, I, I love doing it, um, but it takes, it takes away from your enjoyment sometimes. But I love bowling. No, I'm not a pro. Let me put it that way. It's like my golf game. You know, I play at it. Yeah. It, it sounds like you need to go to bowling alleys in a disguise. I'd love to see you go in with like a wig and a mustache. And... Yeah, <laughs> I'm. I'm telling you, I've got to get my brother on this podcast. Okay. Yeah. If you talk about someone who knows information about bowling centers, yeah. I mean, he's he's unbelievable. Okay, drives me crazy, and my brother John absolutely crazy because. 
he looks at his shelves and wants all his shelves stocked, you know, can't understand why they're not stocked when he wants them. But that's just how the nature of the beast is. You know? <laughs> but he, he could say the Brooklyn Bridge in a depression. You know? <laughs> He's a great guy. But anyway, um, let me see. I, this has been fantastic for me. Okay. I've enjoyed it. I joined, enjoyed meeting the four of you, but uh, talking about all these different things, it's, it's not even a chore to do. Sometimes it is, believe me. Oh, you know we, we've been it's on this phenomenal. podcast for an hour and 50 minutes, and it's gone by in a heartbeat. Yeah, yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. Like, like, so, like, like I told you on Monday, for years, everybody knew the Epco name. Everybody knew uh, you guys did bowling balls, but nobody had a name to a face. Nobody knew the background of it, and uh, nobody knew you guys' personality. So... For us, it, it, it means, I think it's a real huge difference for us, right? To kind of all lump that in together. And for the bowling community, um, it, it's, I think it's a really good thing for all of us out here. So well, thank, thank you. you. And I feel the on. same way. Yeah. You, know, yeah. you know, like you and I were talking the other day, Tim. I remember when Bowl Canada, uh, at the time C5PBA, you know, they used to have their conventions every year. And, and you got to spend three or four days and, meeting a lot of people and traveling across Canada. I mean, I don't know if you realize how beautiful your country is, but it is, all right? In every place I've been, my father always said, you put a smile on your face and say, no, thank you, and yes, please, and you'll go a long way. And I'll tell you, yeah. uh, I'm very happy to say, and I'm not just trying to blow smoke, but every place I've gone, in Canada, all over the world, but in Canada in particular, we've gotten such a great response, and I miss the trade shows, you know, now they're down to an, an hour or two. It's it's not fun anymore, no. you know. Uh, and we used to be able to meet people and talk to people. And even if you debated with someone about an issue or whatever, at least you got to do it face to face, you know, uh, and go from there. And uh, But uh, hopefully they will be able to do it again sometime. Yeah, Canada's, uh, Bull Canada's kind of gone the way of having conferences um, one year in Canada, the next year at the same time um, with the Bull America conferences. Um, so, you know, hopefully maybe one day they'll just move that to Boston because they move it around every once in a while. And then you could show up for free. <laughs> you, know? you know, I wouldn't even mind if, if even if we couldn't forget. First of all, forget the cost. The fact is, if I go there, what am I going to do? Go in, sit in the room and listen to someone talk how do i get to talk to my people you know yeah. uh, i used to spend want to spend time like i never had my own booth but what i do is i give my booth to one of my other distributors each year a different one but i'd spend time in each of my distributors booths answering questions for their clients and whatever and demonstrating whatever that's what i thought was the important thing to do you know so so that the bowling proprietor saw you yeah. you know um so and, and, and again, you put a face to it. Um, there's been a lot of changes over the years. You know, a lot of people aren't with us anymore that, that were big supporters and, and powerful people in, in the bowling industry. Um, and that's sad, but that's also reality. But it's great to see you guys coming up. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it needs that sort of thing. Um, and go from there. So, but, R- Richard. Um, yes. Traveling through Canada, what is your... Um, I already know what your least favorite place probably in Canada. That's probably Winnipeg. Um, but, but what is your most favorite place to go I mean, see in why, Canada? Why would you say that? 
I, you know, uh, I just uh, our viewers, your viewers. Yeah, could, it's most of our viewers. <laughs> <laughs> um, most favorite. Club. I got to tell you, um, when Reaver and I was '96, went out to Calgary. Um, you, it's unbelievable. First of all, the tournament was special. The accommodations were wonderful. The, the, the dinner, the ball, the, the whole tournament. I, I've only been to a couple of those. Okay, most of the time it's been the trade shows, uh, in whatever, which are great. Um, each one for its own purpose. I don't know if I could call, and I'm not trying to be like right. Governor Baker. Um, <laughs> every every place has, has, and everyone has something to offer. That that's how I've seen it. You know, yeah. it's amazing. But um, I have a friend of mine who from Ireland um, uh, who goes to Ireland. He didn't like going to Ireland. Now, my nephew lives in Ireland. But um, Tommy and Jamie, by the way, her last name was Kennedy, um, didn't like Ireland. I said, what? You guys ever been to Ireland? No, no. I, I would love to go. I don't think I'd remember Ireland, but I'd love to go. <laughs> it's absolutely beautiful. Well, you're... All over the places. They didn't like Ireland because they don't use a lot of ice. Oh, yeah. gotcha. I said, yeah. what? How the hell is that even into, into it? You know? yeah. What are you going to do? Yeah. Hey, let me ask you a question. Absolutely. If if someone came out with, if EPCO came out with sportswear, EPCO sportswear for bowling, how would you be, receive that? What, what, what kind of sportswear are you exactly. referring to? Yeah. Like shirts, jackets, things of that nature, towels, things of that nature. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, apparel. There's a market I, for it. Oh, there yeah, for, for sure. sure. So um, I guess just from our side of things, so Five Pin Universe, we have an apparel side too. So we sell okay. shirts and stuff like All that. All right, so you've got it. Yeah, so um, that's one thing about, I guess, Five Pin Bowling is people are very – brand oriented so if they like the soft roller they like the star line it's if you did something specific like that like a star line product um shirt or something like that you would probably see a lot better fluctuation in sales that way than if it was just a general epco brand shirt in my honest opinion i think it's a lot more brand oriented well the the reason i ask is you mentioned you mentioned Kevin Jepson. Years ago, Kevin and I um, were talking about coming up with a line of uh, bowling apparel. And one of the uh, C5 PBA, I think it was president at the time, actually. Oh, no, it cost, how much, we were talking about at the time, I think, $35, $40 Canadian for the shirt. Oh, that's too much money. Well, ironically, we were standing in front of a uh, a retail store he had on a golf shirt that was in the window in the in the retail store that was $75 Canadian and he had that same shirt on yeah. and I'm saying you're a proprietor and you think 35 or $40 is too much for a shirt but you've got a golf shirt on that's $75 the same one I I, I don't get it sometimes no yeah, I, I think it's definitely a, a branding situation. It, it's one yeah. thing to come out with just a, a random shirt um, 
I, I just think if you if you brand it properly, people will buy sure. it. It's that's sure. where it's at. Yeah, yeah that's a good point, Jeff. Good point. Yeah. Buy your first Starline one. There you go. Yeah. Okay. 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 Maybe, maybe All right. the face can be All right. right next to it. Who good. knows? Good. <laughs> Is there anything else I can <laughs> no. I'm telling you. I, I I should have tape recorded this. Oh, oh you, you, you can it's, go back and watch. Yeah. Yeah. I can I can send it to you too. You're yeah. good. You, All right, you, great. You can go back the... and watch. Sorry, and sorry, Dex, and you yeah. can maybe read through the comments. There's a lot of people sending you lots of love there, yes. Richard. So um Really? Yeah, some yeah. people like uh, Don Sim and uh, Sheila Carr from the C5 message oh, you guys. So, Sheila's yeah. a nice, nice person. Nice so person. You, you guys can maybe yeah, look through back through the comments. Don't read Brett Hendricks and stuff. It's, it's a little <laughs> bit out, out to date. But, uh, but everybody else is uh, like, you read it. I would recommend it, yeah. yeah. Oh, thank you very much. Yeah. Thank you. Anything else I can answer I just, for you, talk to you about it? I just want to know, what is your favorite bowling ball? Um, my actually, my favorite bowling ball is the Paramount okay. because I'm a I'm a I'm a pretty straight bowler, and and I've always and that's what I've used from day one, and I I just like the Paramount. Yeah, but enough. I will say that maybe I'm not as proficient as I should be <laughs> to be able to tell the difference yeah. in the other. No, no, you know what? And, and the nice thing is, is like honestly, you have you've got that that part of the industry super cornered is like, you know what, at least, at least in our center, we understand the bowling balls pretty well. We understand the shore, you know, the shore, uh, shore grade. Um, sure. D. Hardness. Yeah. Yeah. We understand the hardness scales. We're able to guide people in the right directions for things, but you know what, for every single bowler that enters into, into the bowling world and wants a first set of bowling balls, honestly, the answer is always, get the paramounts they are the most cost effective they are this on one of the most straightest running they're super durable they work pretty much anywhere they don't amplify mistakes that that's you that's for first set of bowling balls almost always a paramount thanks Dexter. i think that's a great description of it how i'd, I'd approach it also yeah, yeah good yeah. good okay for sure. so um richard um you're more than welcome to stay on afterwards if you still want to talk to us or anything like that. But we are reaching that two-hour mark, so we're going to kind of wrap this up. So um, I'm just going to thank you very much for coming on. I know you're two hours ahead here, so it's probably around 11.30 your time. Um, thanks for sticking it out, even with the technical difficulties and joining us for this uh, this discussion. You know, my doctor, I do my some of my doctor visits virtually, and he said, Richard, you've got a smartphone, don't you? I said, yeah, this phone's smart. <laughs> well listen i want to thank you all it's wonderful meeting you yes, i want to thank you for the opportunity and i'm not i am not going to stay on no, uh no. for the rest of the night but i really appreciate and enjoyed this so much more than you, you realize thank you uh, perfect thank you very much nice richard good night, absolute Dad. pleasure thank you so thank much you. take care have a good night that was awesome. That, that was, was incredible. So good. Wow. Yeah. So good. Two hours talking about balls and the history and like, and like honestly, but it, it, he's he's so well spoken. He seems like such a nice guy, um, and just the history of his company. It's it's amazing to to get to hear it. It's it's such a cool story. And yeah, no, uh, it's nice to actually understand everything that goes on at Epco now. It's yeah. Awesome. To to hear the. 
a company that's so involved with our sport specifically, right? Especially since 1990 with the personalized bowling balls and stuff like that to hear his side of things and see where they're coming from. And um, even addressing some of the frustrations that me and Dexter have mm-hmm. discussed in the past about um, the resale value of products in five pin bowling and to hear their side of it, it, it makes a lot of sense, right? Quality first and yeah. they definitely do a, pro- a great product. So super yeah. honorable people yeah it's it's, yeah. it's it's nice finally putting like a name to a story to a face yeah. and and just getting the whole background of things i have such more appreciation to epco and to the manufacturing portion and obviously to the perella family now like it's yeah. it's it's neat that we can share that because I, I think we locked that in the five pin bowling community to be honest with you right so yeah. it's, it's neat we can finally be able to share something like that and so, can, sorry, okay. just okay, yeah. So, is he the most famous person we've had on podcast yet? Uh, well, I, I, other than the other Between than the Nick ten pitters, yeah, 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 maybe. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I was just, I was just thinking for industry wise, he's yes. involved in candle pin, duck 100%. pin, five pin, all very, the very important player. player. Totally. Yeah. It was, it was fun to to because you've heard of Perella, and, and mm. quite frankly, I I didn't know exactly what epco stood for so for to actually like, make that correlation to the you know the the eprella uh so i thought that, that was really cool but to, just to see how many markets that company is in and uh being able to actually see what uh what they could do as a company and he, he's talking about the next generation and and all that too I, I think that company could go very very far so uh hearing the background of the story i was, I was intrigued um i finally said more than like two words on on bowling balls so, so I, thought, I, I thought that that was good uh, i am I'm, I'm very curious to see how this whole customized bowling ball scenario works i was actually talking to my mom about it uh, a couple days ago about some of the innovations with the, uh, you know, the vinyl wrapped and, and things like that, where, where, you know, customization is how you, everybody can kind of, you know, put their their own spin on this sport. And, you know, we're seeing it with the, the, the shirts and things like that. But now to have that as an opportunity with the bowling balls as well. Yeah. Uh, but, you it, know, it, we've, we've continually talked about having to, like, you know, try to market our game in different sort of ways. And, you know what? Uh, first of all, I'd love to thank Epco for being instrumental in us actually having even personal Agreed. balls in our game. Like it's yeah. it's crazy. They're, they're synonymous with our game now. Um, but who knows where we would have been if Epco didn't decide to do that? But you know, here we are doing the WCBT, the five pin U stuff, and you know, I'm trying to market our game more. And we keep talking about marketing our athletes, our, our top competitors, and you know, maybe. Maybe this is the time. I, I see Richard still sitting in the background listening. So uh, <laughs> maybe this is the time where, where you know, he, they're going to make custom bowling balls. And there's, a, there's a, 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 a number needed for each run. You know, maybe this is where Adam gets his own custom style star lines. And there's, you know, a hundred of them made. But these are the Adam Weber star lines. I'd know, buy a hundred. <laughs> no, but I mean, like, but but marketed as like you know, in, in at least in Canada for five bin, marketed as okay. Th- this is the Adam Weber signature series star lines for for people to buy. That watch watch the WCBT and all that stuff. And yeah, you know, so so I'll make a comparison here uh, specifically on that Dexter. Like, so disc golf, the fastest growing sport in the world, 
that's their manufacturers like uh, Discmania for Paul Macbeth when he wins the world their next run of whatever disc is his favorite is the Paul Macbeth buzz or whatever the name of that disc is and the sales go absolutely through the roof for that specific stamped disc right and bowling balls are a little more expensive and stuff like that but I, I think there's a big market in that for five pin um i don't know what size of market five pin bowling has for epco but maybe that's something that they're interested in maybe marketing that way like um dexter being number one bowler in arguably canada at the moment uh sorry mitch davies (laughs) but like Maybe if Dexter wins the Autumn Open, maybe there's an Autumn Open run of a bowling ball with Dexter's signature on it or something like that. Tour championship or something. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. exactly. So um, I hope Richard and uh, company Epco take a look at what uh, the WCBT and 5-Pin Universe are doing, and you never know, right? Yeah. Um, our, Our sport has to grow, and like we keep saying, we have to market at the athletes that are in it, and... Hopefully the manufacturers are able to work with us and help us do that. So you you yeah. just couldn't you couldn't put Dexter's photo up on the poster or take half of it, right? So you really signature, would have to... signature Tim. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, misunderstood. Misunderstood. <laughs> All right. Well, it's getting about that time. We should do the draw here. So go ahead, Adam. No, no. I, I'm hoping I'm in this week. Well, we'll find out. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I never see my picture, even if I am. Hashtag All Star Draw twenty two entries. How's your ability to, to spell? Is your ability to spell okay? Uh, no, that that's like pre like first beer. So yes, <laughs> should, should be fine. All right. <laughs> uh, all right, here we go. No, I don't see Adam's name. Tough. Oh, oh I, I saw it. Was I saw one. All right. Like, oh, here's again. You I'm can not stop win, but that, at least I'm in. <laughs> Uh-huh. I think Mark won before. Did yeah. Congrats. I, was that on the 100 or was that one of these? Oh, it might have been the 100, yeah. It could have been the 100, yeah. yeah. And a Congrats belated happy you. birthday as well. Yeah, I think absolutely. it was yesterday. There you go. Two beers. Cheers. Have a great day, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> that am ever special. <laughs> well, I think this was a great podcast. Um, obviously, having somebody involved in the sport that much, being a manufacturer and stuff like that, I think it's a great discussion. And hopefully, <laughs> oh, he won the book. There we go. Um, hopefully, that brings maybe phipps or well i know manhattan's not a thing anymore but maybe some of the other manufacturers want to get involved and start promoting uh the sport this way too mm-hmm. yeah absolutely cool awesome cool That's awesome cool 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 cool, 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 cool. <laughs> hey, maybe i can get a character a caricature uh, as part of your guys's uh startup screen well, so you're you're on enough again, so yeah, yeah. We should, we should do we should do that. Hey, probably, nobody even says. So where, where was Daryl, anyways? Vacay. Uh, he had obligations. Ah, okay. All right. <laughs> <laughs> like, well, that my, that appeases you, eh? Like, there's my, no further my, my, question. My, my gain, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> hey, hey, you you missed out on a really good podcast, right? So yeah, he was a little upset yeah. about it. Not he, he he really wanted to be on this one, so yeah. that's yeah. no, I get it. Eh? 
Maybe he'll be on the next one when we have another one. <laughs> <laughs> All hey, right. we, we already have a sale. Mark Bush. <laughs> <laughs> it's guaranteed you throw bricks, not strikes. Just- you just don't. You just don't want his engraving. That's all. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Right. Anyways, <laughs> let's end it there. Have all a good right. night, guys. Awesome. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, guys. <laughs>